Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Yahweh Show. Hi. Did you just and see me throw the fish? I did not see you throw a fish. No, I just realized Santos' fish was over here and I threw it. And then you started recording and I was like, damn. Uh, we are a little bit behind schedule because I had to go through a hyperfixation of mine, which leads <laughs> us perfectly into our topic this month, which is Fujin Brain Rot. Fujin Brain Rot. Oh man, uh, we have a lot to say today because uh, Fujin brain rot, a condition that both of us developed probably around 12 to 16. Yeah. And we're both in our 30s now. Some of us have had the condition much longer. Some of us are relatively new to the condition. I imagine it being like the last of us, like in phases of mushroom growth. <laughs> Some of us can still function in society. Some of us just can't anymore. Some of us are very good at masking functioning Some in society. Of us are fucking great at masking. Well, actually, Some of us are the goddamn best at masking in normal society. And then you say something and all of your friends think it's a cry for help. Like I mentioned <laughs> earlier this week, do you ever just think about Vincent Van Gogh's final words? And all of my friends were like, Amanda needs help. <laughs> what were his vital words? Uh, the sadness is never ending. Oh. Well, I mean, he was right. <laughs> Listen, I I finished my rewatch of Banana Fish yesterday. Why do you do this to yourself? I don't know! No that one's... Was... I will have you know, no one makes her do this. <laughs> I'm not, like, in the walls with the badger whispering to her subliminally, go hurt yourself with cartoons. I she does that, this to herself. I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. And I've been I, like spreading it out. And every episode, like, and I know this because I've watched it before and I've read it before and I just watched the play and and I know how much it hurts. But I was this like, feels, every, every episode hurts more than the last. And I this just, feels like the time that I tried to rewatch Devilman Crybaby for cosplay notes. And it's like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Fujin uh, brain rot. We're going to talk about how you get it, um, <laughs> what you do with it. Why Spoiler, you can't get rid of it. Spoiler, you cannot get rid of it. <laughs> and then some of the good and bad, because I think when we discussed this in our live last month, when we mentioned that there's some negative aspects to it, we got a little bit of pushback. And when we say that there's negative aspects to it, we are by no means like calling anyone out. The call is coming from inside the house. When I'm we calling say, myself. Right. I'm calling myself. When we say that there's negative aspects to anything, it's because we are aware of it. We are not sitting from a place of moral 
superiority to fucking anyone. I just have no morals. We have none. I spent too much money on getting a Roy Mustang Nindo. I don't get to tell anyone anything. No. You really don't. (laughs) You really don't. So no, like, and we will get to that. Yeah. So <laughs> when we say that, none of that is from a place of attack. None of it is from a place of not being on the same fucking boat. We're all on the we're same all boat. Together, so At like, least we're on a, all on the same ocean because we do sit yeah. in different boats. We sometimes. do sit on very separate separate boats. Um, but all of it is from a place of love. It's from a place of being there. It's from a place of observation. It is not from a place of attack. It is not from a place of we think that we're better than anyone. I'm not better than anyone. <laughs> it's just I'm from, terrible. I don't. <laughs> we're both hot trash. Neither of us get to say we're better than anyone. But like, I do remember like getting that little bit of pushback at the end of the live, and it's like, well, yeah, because it isn't always sunshine and butterflies. And we talked about Fujo hate early in the series. And I feel like that's another episode I would love to redo with a little bit more nuance, uh, just because, especially now with the rise of purity culture, I can see, quote unquote, more reasons why it's easy to hate on Fujin. I think it's horseshit, but I can see more of those reasons. You know, sometimes when you're when you're in your house, you don't always notice how messy it is until someone else comes in. It's sort of like that. Uh, But we're going to talk about Fujin Brain Rot in the most loving way we possibly can. Uh, This is the part where we start saying uh, thank you to thank you uh, for Patreon at the start of the show, because these videos are what? Very, uh, very, what? Demonetized is the word I'm looking for. Increasingly demonetized. Yeah. Um, We're not getting any, any better, I think. No, it only, uh, (laughs) spoiler we're going to definitely have some anti-capitalist views next year. It only gets worse. Uh, <laughs> so, if you would like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the hour shelf. I will shout out actual patrons at the end of the episode. We have new patrons. Yay! Welcome! And I'm so happy. Welcome. Thank you. What a for- great... Yeah, great month a, to sign up. <laughs> I I'm think so that's excited. why they signed up. And oh I'm not my god. I am um, so excited. So we're here to talk about Fujin Brain Rot. And as we mentioned, being a Fujin, being a fan of Yaoi BL, <laughs> and of course we're going to include things like Don May and Western gay romance, even though they sure do love to separate themselves from the rest of the group. Again, disclaimer, BL, Yaoi, and Don May is all the same, all the same thing, thing. And Western Gay content isn't necessarily BL, but it's all gay. And yeah. we're all nerds. We we are literally all on the exact same boat. But for whatever reason, some people have decided that their section is better than the others. It feels like we're all the poor people at the bottom of the Titanic, but some people have formed a fake we're rich club. <laughs> but yeah. we're all in the basement of the Titanic. All it's- of us. And, 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 you know, and, and there's a little bit of racism sprinkled in there. Just a there's little bit of... more than a little bit of racism. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of, you know, frankly, just vitriolic disliking of West, of Eastern media. There is a lot of Western superiority. There's a lot of really internalized misogyny and homophobia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. 
Love that for Isn't us. that great? Uh, but <clears throat> many of us have been Fujins for, at this stage, decades. And unfortunately, brain rot is a lifelong condition that can, in fact, change and destroy your entire worldview. But it can also make your life better, kind of. It can bring you joy. I'm very okay. happy. I'm very happy. It can bring you joy. It's also very distracting at times. So, like, I remember when I was deep, deep into Hitalia, watching the news was the craziest thing. <laughs> watching the news was just the weirdest yeah. fucking thing when you're used to countries being people. I can imagine. But that's just weird. And, like, I... Weird being neutral. Like, it wasn't necessarily a negative experience. I can't say that. Like, it made being in mock student union very interesting. Yeah, like, because I knew a lot of people on LiveJournal who who became very interested in history right. and cultures because of, because of Italia. Even though, you know, yeah. it was a dumpster fire a lot of the time. But they learned yeah. a lot. And the history was often racist and bad. Yeah, and then it was defended because, but he's hot. Yeah, but he is a genocidal monster. <laughs> he's literally wearing a Nazi uniform. Mm. It's Prussia. Um, <laughs> I know it's Prussia. Yes. It's Prussia. Um, it's always Prussia. It's always Prussia. But, <laughs> but like, he was hot. He was hot. But yeah, like, weird being a neutral term in this scenario because, yeah, like, it wasn't inherently bad. It wasn't inherently good, but it was weird. And like, yeah, I mean, I've, I wrote about this on my blog. One of the big reasons I studied abroad was because of BL. I read the manga Ludwig II and my school's Austria program visited his castles. BL literally changed my life. I am not here. Again, there is no sense of moral superiority here. <laughs> I The call is coming from within, within the house. I was there. I literally was influenced by a BL manga to leave and go to another country where I knew more about King Ludwig than some of the tour guides. Yep. That sounds like brain rot. That's literally the definition of brain rot. So brain rot is this condition where something in just, it wiggles into your brain and it changes how you view yeah. everything. Yowie glasses is another way to look at it. I don't like the glasses terminology because that implies that you can take them off. And after 20 something years, I don't see the world like, heterosexually really anymore no. when it comes to fictional properties yeah because exactly talk about when this goes too far and you start implicating real people do you ever like you know like you said when it comes to fictional mm -hmm. media right do you ever watch i mean i know you do i know what the answer is but let's just <laughs> pretend that you don't you let's ever pretend. watch like a show or something and you literally forget that heterosexuals exist yes constantly constantly because i'll be like that's gay yeah and then and then there's like a straight couple i'm like what like oh those exist still oh right but why would no, anyone want to see that it's like very yeah 
No, and I honestly, I can remember vividly thinking about that, like the first Avengers movie mm-hmm. that came out all the way back in like the early 2010s and looking at this and like not being able to rationalize Natasha being a sex object at all, except for to me, because Scarlett Johansson's beautiful. <laughs> but like the the implication of her with Bruce or with Clint was just like, yeah, that's not happening. Science bros. But but like, it's all it's also I mean like you said a lot of this is rooted in like misogyny and I is. think that in in so many of these instances like it's one thing if it's like a rom com and even those are incredibly sexist because you know let's stalk her until she says yes woohoo yes. but but in so many of these genres and like in Hollywood the mm-hmm. women are objects and they, they are, are prizes to be won and you know there has to be some sort of romance or sexual tension because that's mm-hmm. just how it goes mm-hmm. and it's just formulaic but it doesn't necessarily you know it doesn't sell very well for those of us it with the brain it. rot because the the chemistry is missing and you just know right. that it's just there because they think it needs to be there well and i think that go that lets us go ahead and jump into one of the ways that brain rot happens and especially for us older fans who are used to looking at properties and having to explain why we feel the way we feel, much of this is so unshakable because we've had to research and we have been looking at these patterns, at this pareidolia for years. So when Corolla and I vehemently dig in our heels and say that there is no reason why Naruto should have ended up with Hinata, that isn't just spicy misogyny. It is a answer to something that we have been looking at for 20 years and we have receipts we have screen caps we have quotes pulled with context and without context we have been pulling this stuff for years so when we see that replicated in other shows not my hero academia (laughs) (laughs) yet not saying that you better horikoshi you can do it yeah literally write a better show hire me i'll make it good you're so mean yes i yes (laughs) literally amanda at the beginning of the show we're not better than anyone also amanda i I am better better than anyone (laughs) (laughs) i'm not better than anyone next slide i'm literally gone and i'm better than everyone the duality of man right here in one person. The duality person. of Amanda is I'm <laughs> trash. I don't believe in anything. Ooh, woo. I'm sad. Next slide. <laughs> I am a god king. You're amazing. <laughs> I mean, we, we've all been there. Yeah. We've yeah. all been there. But like, we've been doing this for years. We're yeah. used to having to explain it. And when things start looking the same, so when your main character has no interest in any of the females that are supposed to be around him. Or guess, anyone else. Or, or anyone else. When all of his time is spent just face-holding another man. <laughs> of course we're not going to read heterosexuality into that. You know who else had the brain rot? Naruto. Naruto yeah. had the brain rot. Like, yeah, the Sasuke brain rot. Because that's literally all he thinks about. But like... It's interesting to think about because, yeah, like, I've definitely had that where I go in almost, like, looking for gay ships 
And when I don't find them, I almost feel kind of weird. Like I mentioned having this with Across the Spider-Verse and even Into the Spider-Verse. But like, because I I grow more puritanical as the years go on, but because of some like weird age stuff, I don't like really any of the queer ships in Across the Spider-Verse, except for Spider-Dads, which is Miguel and Peter B. Parker. And even that is under very, very extreme circumstances. But like, I didn't like all of the pairings that were Miguel and Miles. That's a crime to me. So when I go in trying to look at it through those Fujin goggles of, oh my God, this would be so rife. It's playing all the same parts as other instances where I would find this gay. Well, hold on. I don't like this personally. That feels weird. That feels discordant. That feels there's a cognitive dissonance there. Of like, if I saw this 15 years ago, I would probably feel radically different. Yeah. And and I feel like I'm the opposite. Valid. Because, because I still do this. Like, I am completely, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't necessarily ship everything. And I don't see everything the same way that others do, mm-hmm. maybe. For a lot of the time. I just, you know, it's impossible to turn off and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's gay, you know, oh, I can see this ship and I can see, you know, and sometimes I'll be like, I don't know, because like you say, because, you know, we're old now and we are looking at it from, mm-hmm. I'm not this hyper fixating 15 year old who's on the same age level as these mm-hmm. characters and so it becomes like weird or it's like or as we will get to when we talk about you know projecting it onto actual people you know Mm -hmm. you get that oh i don't know if i should if i should be feeling this not that Mm -hmm. when it comes to fictional characters obviously i am not on the puritanical side of things like i don't think that there's anything wrong with having a ship and if there's an age gap or if you're older than them or whatever because you're you're looking at character dynamics Mm -hmm. but that is exactly it. I can't unsee it. I don't know how. I just mm-hmm. because my brain isn't even looking for it. It's just there. It is all right. I can. It is all I can take in. Right, a hundred percent. And like again, none of that is co- like none of that is an attack. Like I, I trust me. I've I've seen the data. People disagree <laughs> with me on the efficacy of shipping Miguel and Miles. I am I'm in the minority group here. I understand, but like, yeah. yeah, it's interesting to think about it because like, yeah, I mean, superhero movies, I think are a great example of that where we see, it's like, I know um, the Batman with Robert Pattinson had that where like everyone was super quick to ship Batman and Riddler and like, huh, that's interesting to me that I don't think that they would have, like, you wouldn't do that with Heath Ledger's Joker and Christian Bale's Batman. Although I'm sure that some people did. Oh, I'm sure some people have, but like, <laughs> I don't know, because Christopher Nolan did it. That one's considered art, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So no one does any weird shipping stuff with that one. And I say again, no one is in the main population. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely certain someone has. Rule 34 never Rule 34. stops being in effect. <laughs> Rule 34 is always in effect. Uh, but that's where the brain rot part comes in, is that it, it seeps into your brain and it stays there. And many of us have been doing this since we were at a very, very formative age. So I know that flipped in my head probably like 16 to 17. Yeah, same. Which is 
a very formative time for you to figure yourself out sexually, to figure out your identity, to start figuring out who you're going to be in the next phases of your life. That is a formative age. So for many of us, this little brain worm entered our ears while we slept and has taken up residence and hasn't left in literally two decades. Yeah. And that's a lot of time <laughs> to start figuring out the good and bad of having this kind of it because it does radically change everything. Mm -hmm. And like that sounds super hyperbolic, but I just mentioned watching the news and it playing out like a Hitalia four coma. That is a radically different way of viewing the world yeah. than other people do. I again, I'm not saying it's inherently negative. It's different though. So, like, my aunt can't figure out why I'm cracking up listening to CNN. She just thinks I'm weird. <laughs> she's right. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's right. But like, I could never explain that to her and help her understand why, on such a deep level, I feel this way. You can't explain that to your normie friends if you have them. Most I don't of us, have any. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I want to. I do also want to spend some time talking about that when we talk about some of the bad is how our social interactions can affect our friends mm -hmm. that are a little bit normies. Because I know we've both openly talked about how we pushed boundaries when we were younger. Because when that brain worm gets into your head you want to share it you know it, it really is it's almost like a, it i made an analogy to the last of us it being those mushrooms and there is this like social aspect to it that you want to share but then you're confronted with not everyone sees the world the way you do and that's weird again yeah. not yeah. negative not positive it's well sometimes it's negative because sometimes we do too much yeah, um, we, you know, from example, same, yeah, really, honestly, yeah. and we'll get to the ugly truth. I, when I was, when I was preparing for this episode, I mm -hmm. looked up brain rot on two different, uh, like I looked it up on Urban Dictionary because it's obviously mm -hmm. slang, and I looked it up mm -hmm. on Wiktionary. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that exemplifies it because Wiktionary tells us that brain rot is. Uh, the degradation of mental faculties, intelligence, common sense, or moral character, um, or as derogatory sl slang, media deemed to hold little artistic uh, value or negatively mm. impact those who consume it, whereas Urban Dictionary describes it as uh, a word some people might use when referring to constantly thinking about a topic, person, place, or thing, a spoof word relatively close to the definition of a hyperfixation. So that one is a little bit more positive. That is the one yes. I think of most of the time, like the hyperfixation, yes. the fun bit. But right. sometimes. <laughs> well, and even just using the word hyperfixation, which I agree, I think is a great, when we are using the term brain rot, hyperfixation really is the word that we are using. How that can be, I mean, we're, we're in a space where a lot of us are neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. We have experienced the rejection of being hyper fixated on things and not everyone seeing things the same way that you do. 
Corolla and I spent literally like almost 20 minutes with her listening to my weird hyperfixation about a parallel universe that involves Jim Henson's Muppets and actual history. That is something I know literally no one else cares about. But I, I didn't care. know I didn't know I cared about it until now. <laughs> right and now you've pulled me in. It's that social aspect. I'm here to drag you into it because I need answers. But it's like, at, at best, we're like annoying because we're so one-tracked and people get like, oh yeah. my God, can you literally talk about anything else? Right. But at worst, we're perpetuating harmful stereotypes that are in, in a lot of, especially in this case, that mm. are attached to the idea of being a Fujin. And well, and I think at worst, we are violating people's boundaries. Yeah, that's what, Because I think that's the part where I think it's at worst is when you have friends who say, I don't like gay media like that. Like, because I know, and we've both confessed to this, throwing yaoi at our friends' faces constantly. Trying to force our friends to perform yaoi for our pleasure because we were 16 years old and stupid right and like that again in hindsight we can recognize that as a problem that that's not good but like there's still fujin that do this that are still performing that and especially as we get older it's even less socially acceptable and it's even more socially damaging so like I remember, again, leaving, like, across the Spider-Verse and, like, explaining to my friend a little bit about, like, what the fangirl side of it is, where it is, like, Spider-Dads and Flower Fang and stuff like that. And he he made the joke, but, like, I get where he's coming from. He's like, this is why women don't need rights. He made that joke. But, like, if I'm a complete, like, heteronormie and I just saw a nice aimed-at-children movie... And then someone is essentially pulling back a curtain to a world that I fundamentally don't understand. That's weird. That's really, that's, that's insane. That's absolutely, because he didn't look at that movie and see what I saw. He doesn't have the same glasses that I have. No. So it's like, you know, if you ever like tried on your friend's glasses and the world's yeah. all distorted, that's what happened is I took off my weird yaoi goggles and I like held them up to his eyes, and he was like trying to wreck the car because he can't see. Yeah, exactly. It's like when uh, I was watching JoJo with my friend when we started yeah. watching JoJo, and we were literally on like the first episode. JoJo is there, the first JoJo. Dio mm-hmm. is introduced, mm-hmm. and instantly I'm like, "Oh no, I ship it!" And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, but look at them because." Yeah. There's obviously already a li- rivalry. One is dark haired, the other is blonde. This is happening. And he's like, is it really that simple? Yes. And I'm like, I can't explain it. It's My brain is hardwired to respond right. to these things. It's like neurons shooting all it's over the place. It's neuron activation. It's Exactly. It's, okay, these two characters, one has dark hair, one has uh, light hair. Okay, they're fucking. Exactly. Like, what- Take that out of context. That is batshit. <laughs> But in the context of shaman media and light right. and dark and rivalry and, and attraction. And what we've been doing for decades. For decades. That's all we need. You've done it. Yeah, I don't need like the it's like it's like you know, it's like dropping a match 
and it everything is. catches fire. Like, because yeah. I'm so prepped for this. this Our brains are already do. soaked in gasoline because yeah. we keep adding gasoline. <laughs> But we keep pouring <laughs> gasoline on ourselves. You need to make like a sticker of like a burning brain. <laughs> that's li literally like that's what it is. And that's what you, it is. And when we say so to wrap up when it's negative, I think when it's negative is when you are not listening to other people. And I say listening is in listening empathetically. If when my friends started telling me, no, I'm not interested in this. Okay, cool. Don't show them your weird porn. Yeah. Like, and again, weird neutral, not weird pejorative. But it's, it, and you know, if you look at it on a, like on a bigger mm -hmm. aspect, because obviously you can have brain rot about everything, right? You can. But, but like from the Fujin brain rot and even like looking away from the brain rot, if someone mm -hmm. says they don't want to see porn, mm -hmm showing it to them is a violation like you're right. literally forcing something this is not right. the same as seeing something you didn't like on twitter that was just randomly in your feed this is right. you shoving this at your friend right like so like one of my uh so my former best friend i made him go see uh revenge of the sith with me in theaters because i like star wars and he retaliated by taking me as his date to twilight prom oh where I threatened to sell him to a group of 13 year olds. Because <laughs> they asked. You? I was like 20 something. <laughs> oh my God. What? I was in college. We were like the oldest people there. Why was there a Twilight prom? First Ask of all. Barnes and Noble. I don't fucking know. Uh, and a bunch of teenagers, like little preteens, like, oh my God, are you the Bella to his Edward? And I was like, you can have him. <laughs> he was my ride i was willing to sell him but like that's not the same as you have a friend who has said i am not interested in this and you keep violating that contract yeah now i want to say here's a caveat when you are neurodivergent and you have neurodivergent friends a lot of neuro neurodivergent friendship is in sitting quietly and listening to someone talk that is 95% of neurodivergent communication. It is me listening to Corolla go on and on about figure skating. It is Corolla listening to me talk about weird Muppet parallel universes. <laughs> that is the foundation of our friendship. It is mutual respect and understanding. Corolla knows that I have a passing interest in this, but it will never be the interest she has. I know Corolla has a passing interest in this. It will never be to the level of dedication and energy that I have put into this. I don't but, have time for that. But we respect each other. We care about each other. I have this with all of my friends. You know, you find your middle ground. So, like, I like wrestling. My best friend loves wrestling way more than we do. We have our common grounds. And we know when we've gone too far. Yeah. That takes time, empathy, and energy. And that is something that you cannot do necessarily when you are just sending 30 links to a friend who mentioned that they like Doctor Who that one time and you keep sending them Dalek porn. Yeah. That's or, not know, the just, same. Just cornering them in their own house and like right. throwing things at them. And, right. and again, like a lot of this, because a lot of this comes with maturity, right? Because yes. when you're 16, and especially we've talked about this so much, when we were 16, it oh, was a awful. very different, it was a very different world. We weren't, we weren't very clever. 
There were yeah. a lot of things that we didn't know. The internet was new. Like, again, I didn't have, like, we had dial-up internet at home. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I got into, like, BL and, and you know, Sasnaru late because mm-hmm. I had to go to my boyfriend's house and use their internet to read fix because I wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to use our dial-up internet at home because it was expensive. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have social media, definitely not in the same way. We weren't as... Mm-hmm. We weren't as worldly. We weren't as aware. Like social justice wasn't a thing, and no. so we ha- we were a lot less conscientious. Con- what's that? What's that word? Conscientious. I fucking can't speak. Yeah, and like we didn't we didn't think right. We just mm-hmm. we just hyper fixated and wanted to share, but we didn't know about you know consent is mm-hmm. something that you give beyond just you know sexual consent, for instance mm-hmm. that. It goes beyond bodies. It's like if someone mm-hmm. tells you, I'm not interested in this. This makes me uncomfortable. Stop pushing it on them. But we didn't right. We didn't know. We and didn't I'm not, know. I'm not using it as an excuse, but it certainly explains why we kept doing it. Well, and we also, I mean, and, I, and I'll say this again. Like, I've talked about this experience that I had in my high school a lot, that we were also routinely violated. Mm-hmm. Like, I had guys throwing their hentai Bibles at me all the time, and I didn't consented i didn't ask for that so like it was i mean two wrongs don't make a right but like we were also regularly violated by stuff so we mimicked what other people were doing again two wrongs don't make a right that doesn't make it okay but no one was listening to each other Mm -hmm. it was the 2000s empathy hadn't been invented yet yeah it really hadn't like gen z hadn't invented empathy yet we didn't have it you know, and, and yes, and it's it's like that thing where uh, wait, I had a thought, <laughs> and then it just went. No, wait, what was I thinking? And then the podcast came to a screeching halt yeah. because Carola had a thought, and now it is gone. Well, so I can speak to that. Also, and again, to tie it back to neurodivergency. Many of us didn't have other friends that liked this stuff. Mm. So anything that you could see as an in, you exploited. So it's like I had this where like for whatever reason in the West during like the 90s and the 2000s, there were people that watched anime but didn't consider themselves anime fans. So Mm. like the guys that like just read Shonen or like just watched Dragon Ball or like the girls that had seen Sailor Moon. They didn't consider themselves anime fans, yeah. but they had seen anime. Well, if you're coming up to someone who's maybe like a level one to a level five weeb, and you're a level 100, <laughs> you are going to overwhelm them. And yeah, a lot of that in hindsight, it was severe undiagnosed ADHD and like a serious lack of social skills mm. because the internet was a budding tool. We... I was raised by Catholics. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. Because it's, and I think maybe this came like a little bit later, but you know, the 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 early like early to mid two thousands, edginess was such a big thing, and it like was. kids were like constantly trying to show each other, like, oh my god, you know how many times, and I think you do because we've talked about this, how many times mm-hmm. I've heard younger people. This must have been before purity culture happened, but <laughs> brag brag about how many times they'd watched Boku no Pico. 
Not yes. because they enjoyed it, but because they wanted people to know just how unbothered they were with, you know, that kind of content and like right. just the whole like, oh, I've read this BL and you shoved it in your friends' faces because at this point I was more of a grown up. So like I yeah. wasn't I wasn't there, but I remember it vividly because there were so many like younger mid teens. Mm -hmm who mm -hmm. were like oh look at me i've read this i'm so hardcore and 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 thereby pushing it onto others who maybe right. didn't have the social skills to tell their friends that hey this makes me uncomfortable or i don't actually want to read this or that you wanted to fit in yeah because again yeah. we're nerds we don't have friends anything and is like, in and you're a teenager and that's yes. all teens want like whether that is you know underage drinking or or reading manga just because all your friends are doing it. Like, Absolutely. teens just want to fit in. So I want to put a button on this. Where is Fujin Brain Rot not the best? I think it's when you can't separate fiction from reality at all. It's yeah. when everything comes down to, I am looking at this from a shipping perspective. And while that is fun, in the world of fictional properties you can't apply that everywhere. So like when I do my reviewing, so like I review for Fangirl Nation, or at least I used to when movies were interesting. Um, I didn't include like my shipping report in the movie <laughs> review. No. Because that's not necessary. That's not a hinge part of the film. It's something for me and for my degenerate friends. But if yes. I'm writing a movie review about, Wakanda forever. I'm not going to talk about how much I wanted Namor and Killmonger to kiss. No. I can tell that to Corolla. <laughs> who would agree? Probably. <laughs> Relish. <laughs> but I don't need to include that in my review because that's not necessary. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's that double edge of looking at everything like that mm. it's and i and i say everything there's there was one guy on tiktok who was making like fan cams to different countries militaries like doing like military drills putting it like behind hard style techno and funk it's like are you making propaganda <laughs> you're making propaganda because like he would sync up the little marches to the music and it was like really really cool and, you know, I have severe ADHD, so you give me loud, hard-style music and rhythmic stepping, Yeah, that I'm sounds sold. I mean, apart from the techno bit, that sounds like, what is that filmmaker, Levi Reisenstahl, the, the German propaganda? Oh, Lenny yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and literally, it, you've just created Gen Z propaganda. <laughs> and you didn't even know it. Right, but like... It's looking at everything like that. It's looking at yeah. and not being able to, I don't want to say turn off, but to filter, to know mm -hmm. when you're in a scenario that that's not appropriate. And again, I do want to give a lot of credit to being neurodivergent in this space. And because this we gonna, are. Because <laughs> we are. But this is going to sound really, 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 really mean you still have to figure out how to survive. 
And that means even if it is really hard to pick up social cues, sometimes that means going further and learning because yeah, sometimes, and again, neurodivergent to neurodivergent, I've had to overcompensate and mask so hard in my day-to-day life because yeah, sometimes I don't know when I'm going too far and I don't know when I have gone full into hyperfixation territory and people are just like essentially being held against their will yeah. while I wax philosophic about Tarantino movies and costume design. Or I'm just like, oh, I haven't seen you for three days. Let me uh, fill you in on what G has been doing for the past week or uh, yes. about my most recent discoveries in my most recent Kin Porsche rewatch. Because right. and it's, it's all it's, I think about. It's meeting people at their level, I think a lot of it is. And that's hard to do, especially online, because we cannot ignore the online aspect of this. It is very easy to send a friend a link and be like, this is what I found, and I think it's really cool. Your friend isn't ready for death by dragon fucking. I promise you. <laughs> None of you are ready for death by dragon fucking. Except no. for me. I'm ready for it. Oh, no, you weren't. Don't lie. because <laughs> I am now. I've been primed. <laughs> you are uh, now. Because you read it. And it was too I read soon. it. Yeah. But when I first read it, I wasn't ready. And I was upset. And then personal responsibility. When you <laughs> have crossed a line... When you have eaten the dead dove, when you throw the dead dove at your best friend and they didn't want a dead dove. (laughs) So, like, I know that there are things that I can't send Corolla because it triggers her, because she doesn't like it, because she's not interested. So I don't. And because anyone who knows me knows that if you send me a link... uh, 99% of the time, I'm not going to open it. She's never going to open it. So, one, it's a waste of time. Two... (laughs) I am so sorry, literally everybody. But, like, I know that about her, and that took time. That took both of us overcoming our various neurodivergencies. That took communication. That took understanding. We've had some therapy. We've had multiple hours of therapy. (laughs) And we make it work. So that's where it's kind of bad. Yeah. Yes. I also just want to shoot in, you know, when it comes to, like, for instance... Because we're not we're not thought policing here. Like we <clears throat> people have intrusive thoughts and sometimes you have a thought. Like I do this. Like even if I say that, you know, and we've talked a lot about the whole shipping of mm-hmm. literal people, you know, and we talked with it with Dr. Thomas and everything. Mm-hmm. I still I like I'm not sixteen anymore. I I'm not like that horrible obsessive girl who's like in someone's face like oh my god can't you kiss for me because i want to see it because you'd look hot together because that is Mm -hmm. a form of assault Uh, the way i was doing it anyway it was terrible and but like even now i can like see like i remember sitting in a lecture like uh, in a in a literature lecture a couple of years ago and there were like Mm -hmm. two guys sitting before me and like two rows down and they were obviously a couple and I just, you know, I was looking at them like, oh, they're so cute because they were like super, they were being really cute. But then I was like, am I being creepy? But like, obviously, mm-hmm. my private thoughts that are not intruding on them, like I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not bothering them. I'm not coming mm-hmm. up to them and asking intrusive questions. I'm not, you know, imposing on their personal space. Like you are entitled mm-hmm. to your private thoughts. Like Absolutely. this isn't this isn't an Orwellian novel. Like you, you are allowed to have thoughts just right. consider before you act towards another human being. 
No, 100%. And I think, yeah, like, that's definitely something that's important to mention. It's like, yeah, we are by no means the thought police. Like, yeah. It was funny because, like, I know on my literature show, uh, one of my co-hosts loves to mention the, like, oh, like, occasionally that she'll think that some of these characters are flirting. And for whatever reason, classical literature is a frontier that I've yet to broach with that. So, like, my initial reaction was to be, like, offended. It's like, how dare you bring shipping culture into like classic literature hmm. but then i realized one i have no leg to stand on and two she's not wrong yes so you let her do what she does she's not hurting anyone it's when you are hurting people that it's a problem now i want to talk about the good because there is some good yeah and God damn it, the social aspect of it when you are amongst peers that are on your level or close to your level. Because sometimes you do drag your friends down with love. Yeah. I do sometimes, that lovingly. Uh, yeah. And we've we have dragged each other down lovingly. <laughs> but again, that comes to do so. And we will yeah, and we will continue to do so for the remainder of our friendship. Um <laughs> But that social aspect is so powerful. Yeah. When we would get together and read shipping manifestos and create works and help each other figure out canonicity, or we'd share clips. There is a um there is a clip in an old Green Lantern comic that is Barry Allen the Flash talking to Hal Jordan Green Lantern, asking, Hey, we should probably involve john constantine because he's magic and he does magic shit and hal jordan says i don't want to deal with that nut job brit whenever you visit him you lose like three hours of time and you come back smelling of cigarette smoke and feeling vaguely of regret for a fujin <laughs> you have given me so much ammo Listen, i don't even know these characters and i felt that right so because Yes. There is no heterosexual answer for that. There is not a heterosexual reason to say it that way. That is something that you know we're not going to throw away because you wouldn't write it, comic book writer, if you intended for <laughs> us to throw that information away. We know that John Constantine is canonically a disaster bisexual who has dated a literal goddamn shark. Okay. Yeah, fucking shark. Okay. So we know all this stuff and the social aspect when that little chunk of comic spread to the fandom. Oh my God. It was like the opening of the fucking American tale where it's like, there are no cats in America. There's just all these little <laughs> shit. It's like the split sprites in spirited away, just dancing around this little like <laughs> clip of a comic book. But we were all in it together. Yeah aspect is so intoxicating at the height of avengers fandom when everyone was convinced that the ship was bruce banner and tony stark a literally electric literally electric when people started doing stucky again um steve rogers and the winter soldier I cannot tell you how amazing it was to log myself into Tumblr.com and just be inundated with this, all of the things that I liked. This implies that you ever logged out. I mean, true. I did briefly <laughs> when they stopped doing uh, porn. I did leave for a while. 
but like I'm still away, but yeah, no. But like that social aspect is so intoxic. I mean, we have a whole BL podcast. Yeah. Testament to the social. Like, but I mean, that is what we do. This is why, you know, we, you know, whether it's real life friends and like meeting, like I go for walks with my friend every Monday, and all mm -hmm. we do is talk about like we mostly talk about Naruto, but we also talk about other things that we consume and like right. we spend so much time just talking fandom and like you know go this is why we go to conventions this is why right. we form cosplay groups and online right. communities and 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 discord servers because we have something in common with people and you know it is so much fun to just be completely unhinged in an environment with other people who think like you right and in it not always being in agreement because again early fandom was all about naval combat it wasn't a circle jerk you often had people that didn't see things your way but you respected them yeah and you understood that like hey i'm just glad we all like the same thing even yeah. if you disagree with me like actually i honestly prefer it if you disagree with me because now i don't have to share my weird thoughts with anyone <laughs> This is I actually, actually prefer, me. <laughs> yeah, I prefer it if you disagree with me because I don't want to have to defend my choices. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't have to get into a competition with you to prove that I am the bigger fan because right. I introduced you to this. Like, I'm glad you don't like it as much as I do. This is, you know, my currently my fears when we are watching Kid Bush. <laughs> like, what if... No, I am honestly so afraid because I feel like I'm going to watch this and feel nothing and just bitterly disappoint you. <laughs> no, actually, I, like, I'm swinging wildly be between expecting you to have zero emotions and mm. having the exact opposite emotions of mine like i can see you yes. just like latching on to like, all the characters i hate either i'm going to feel absolutely nothing or i'm going to feel everything that is the opposite of what you feel and like <laughs> but i'm looking forward to that i also think that that is super fun honestly yeah and you know and again like this was a decision that was made with communication with consideration i'm not being held in Corolla's basement like I'm not, I'm not I mean, being held. If you, if you lived a little closer, you would be. I would. Yes, that's the problem. So I thank would God make a basement just for you, so you could live in it. Because you know, I live on the bottom floor, and there is that no is problematic in multiple ways. But I appreciate you. I would. No, actually, there's nothing I can say that makes that. There's nothing better. that saves you from. <laughs> I tried to rescue you, and you dug yourself deeper. Disregard. My stupid white comments. Listen, I didn't need it. This is the pyramid comment all over again. You know what? You just need to like gag me because clearly I am incapable of saying anything that doesn't come out problematic because I mean, know I that I love you. I give you a pass because as many listeners know, I almost married a Dane. That whole region talks about stuff in a very different way. That I cannot hold you to American standards. Are you comparing me to a Dane right now? I, I will come Dane. over there. I am comparing that entire goddamn region to itself. Listen. <laughs> we are very different from I'm the sure Danes. Sure you are. Um, <laughs> sure, no whatever. offense to our Danish listeners. I do love you. I just yeah, don't Our literal Danish patron. 
Uh, but that social aspect is so good. And we support each other and we listen to each other and we help each other. We talked about the nut golem in queer baiting where <laughs> we build ourselves up. That social aspect is so powerful. Yeah. So many of us just want friends and just want to be heard and just want to be listened to. I'm old now. I just want to lurk at the periphery. I want to be at the edge of a pool watching everyone else write smut and then I'll occasionally crank out a smut fic, be shocked at anyone reads it because I'm literally the tag being the writer's barely disguised fetish is just me. <laughs> I'm only doing this for me. I, and, the, yeah. and the fact that any of you enjoy it stuns me every day. But that social aspect is so powerful and it's so good. And you go to cons and you have these life-changing moments. Again, an entire BL podcast with a BL server. And that we are one of multiple BL podcasts. Yeah. I can't believe that. You know, and we all have our specialties. We all have the things that we focus on. And we're mm -hmm. all different. But we're all in this ocean together. That social aspect of Fujin Brain Rot is so powerful and it's one of the places where i feel like as a fandom when we are not doing the petty infighting <laughs> we are the most powerful it reminds me a lot of just being queer in general mm -hmm. that we are our most powerful when we aren't doing the petty infighting yeah and the petty infighting is what will destroy us. Like the people that are convinced that trans people don't belong in the LGBT family. It's just LGBT. That it's just LGB. I don't even know how to say just LGB because it sounds wrong. Yeah, like it's literally missing something. Yeah. There's people that to this day, not just TERFs, but like people that are convinced that trans people don't belong. And that family. Excuse me. Who do you think fought those battles for us? Like, do you want to? Yeah, points in the direction of Stonewall. We're just uh, gonna ride off these gorgeous black trans women and right. Like, you okay. Know, sure. Okay. But and again, like we talked about this at the end of the live, where like Don May loves to put itself in his own little category. Like it isn't obviously influenced by Japanese BL. Whoever the fuck is reading Heartstopper. <laughs> And it's like, and again, like, and, and not to, you know, we're not generalizing. It's not like every Dom May reader does this or no. every like heart supper reader does this. It's just that some grouping, like some individuals will mm -hmm. be like, oh, but this is different and this is better somehow. No, no, we're all just here for the fictional boys kissing and yeah. other things like we're literally the same. We are literally all in this together. And, you know, I think like that's where we're our strongest. Uh, so this happened actually during election night. Um, two things were trending on top of election night in the U.S. when Joe Biden was announced as president. One of it was Dobby revealing himself as Toya Todoroki. That was the number one trending topic on Twitter. Not the president of the United States. It was Dobby Dance. And two was Castiel finally announcing to Dean Winchester that he loved him. All right. That happened at the same time. Yeah, because I missed the Dobby thing because obviously I had spoilers uh, yes. muted. 
But I remember being like joy scrolling and it was like Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. And then lots of Castiel. Castiel. Like, what is happening? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what? The U.S. is fighting for its literal democracy. <laughs> we are doing our best to make sure that a racist demagogue does not get voted in again. Do it again in 2024, please. Please, please, for please. the sake of everybody. We can't go back. Uh, but out of all the things that people were talking about, it wasn't Joe Biden. It was Dobby being Toya Todoroki. But I, but I also think that that is such a, you know, that is such a testament to how important popular culture is and yeah. like how these spaces keep us at least somewhat sane. Because like yeah. the world is on fire. Maybe exactly. we just need to exactly. lock ourselves up with our Fujin friends and yeah. talk about boys kissing yeah. because it's it's fascism out there like there's a part of me that wants to be indignant like oh i can't believe we didn't care enough about democracy my brain was so fucked at that point that i couldn't handle anything else yeah i usually watch v for vendetta every guy fox day i haven't been able to do that in years because that dystopian comic book no longer feels like fiction yeah same like, first, it was, you know, the whole, I was so tired of everyone quoting that damn poem every 5th of November. I was like, please, I can't take this anymore. I have a and name. No, not you. I have a name. But, but, but then I was like, no, see, this, this is just life right now. I don't, and Natalie Portman, I love you when you're bald, but I'm sorry. I can't go through this right now. Right. I just have so to turn on the news. Right. So, like. There's so much Megan that like wants to be into. I can't believe we didn't care about democracy. I didn't care about democracy. I voted, and the previous time that I had done that, people voted for a literal dead gorilla. I was tired. I didn't zoom back in until we realized that Philadelphia saved American democracy, and everyone was praising gritty. It's, it was Pennsylvania's vote that finally sealed it. I, I remember because I was watching. Started praising Gritty like he was a god. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, we we had we had this coverage like our our state funded channel that we all pay big money to. Uh, they had like a literal twenty four hour coverage, and like these poor people in you know the studio were just getting more and more tired because it never ended. And, and there's this one like literally there's this one woman in Norway like shout out to Sofia Hergestor you are amazing she is like she, she I think she lectures at the university in Oslo or something but she's like she she's been she's worked for for you know she just worked with politics and everything like she but she was literally the one expert that had to keep coming into the studio to explain the American election like we are five years old and she's mm -hmm. the one always explaining this she was there for days on end and then she was there for days on ends during January 6th like this woman is a superhero and I have a major crush on her for the fact that she explains the American democracy to us but like she was the only one holding me together while I was I watching like this it was so easy to want to just be like so indignant about that stuff, but that's what fan culture is. And I'll, and I'll open that lens to everything. You know, I am one of those people that talks about going to the movie theaters and, you know, I've been talking a lot about Avengers because I've been doing like a, an Avengers rewatch because the Marvels came out and it's horrible. Um, so I've been trying, it's bad. 
it's okay. it's really bad. Uh, so like I've been on like a bit of like an MCU rewatch back when the movies were good, and nothing will ever beat seeing Endgame in theaters and listening to people crying and screaming and that fan experience it was literally life-changing it is moving mm. it is that is what we do that is who we are when i finally got to go to japan and do the dumb npc stuff that i saw in manga my entire life yeah that is when the fan experience is at its best is when it is self-actualized and when it is real and we are when we are in communion together, when we are screeching over things together, because we're all neurodivergent and don't know what we're doing. Oh. And we're all just super hyper fixated on these yeah. strange little 2D characters or whatever. And we're and all in it together. And even if we disagree, we're respectful. That's when it's at its best. And I will never knock that. I will never say that I discourage that. I'd be a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Now. I what sometimes fujins get some hate sometimes and sometimes we deserve it Ooh. i want to put a pin in this petty infighting when we attack ourselves it makes it much easier for people that want to attack us in bad faith to come in and use that as a weakness. Yeah. I will make that parallel to being queer once more. When we ex when we within our own community exclude trans people, <clears throat> that makes it easier for transphobes to ex to exclude trans people, and that's how we get to where we are in the United States right now, or the UK. UK. Well, that's J.K. Rowling's fault. Oh my god, it is. Um, so when we fight within each other. When some people like to completely excise the Asian equation out of BL, when purity culture bubbles up, when all of that rises to the surface, it makes it easier for people who do have ill intent, who do want to take this down purely because they are homophobic, because they are misogynistic, because they are anti-Asian, that they can do that. So petty and fighting. We were built on naval combat. I'm not saying that we all need to agree with each other. This is not our circle jerk. <laughs> but the petty infighting, where we love to separate ourselves out into categories, mm -hmm. that is what makes it hard to exist right now. That's what causes problems. That's what causes these weird little fractures to where suddenly we were once a more unified mass to break off and now that we've broken off it's easier to attack each one individually i sounded really really moralistic there but that's just no something. but 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 it's true though yeah um so remember how we kept honing in on this is okay for fictional characters yes listen real people <sighs> Now, I've read a lot of Destiel. There is no Destiel without Misha Collins and Jensen Ackles. I recognize that. Which is why I'm very, very selective in how I interact in that fandom. 
I'm not adding either of those actors. I'm not asking them to sign off and ask them to voice act my weird BLCD. I'm not asking them to sign my comics. I am not telling them that I wish they, human beings that are married, would kiss. Now, Misha Collins is an interesting example because there is no greater Destiel shipper than Castiel. <laughs> now, if he initiates and he says something shippy, you can agree with him, but he did that. Mm. It gets into that weird politics that we've talked about with like the Thai and Korean BL industry where how much of this is really done for the money. And how much of this is actors genuinely having fun. I think that was something that made Hitalia so revolutionary at the moment. Was that the voice actors, especially the Japanese cast, were just as into shipping as the fans. So they were willing to help you if you were a France UK shipper. Because they also agreed. Um, I think this stuff gets particularly spicy when it's people that aren't playing a character. Uh, I have an example in here that there's this one fic that is literally Ryan Bergara and Shane Madey of BuzzFeed Unsolved and The Watcher. And it's a trans Ryan impreg fic. So Ryan Bergara, real human cisgender man. You can't headcanon real people. But they do. Stop it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's true. Like, we touched upon this, and I do think that was during the live, maybe, because we kind of yeah. jumped the gun on this a little bit. And you know, it's. We had a lot to say. Yeah. And we will continue <laughs> to have yeah. a lot to say. Like, it's complicated because, it again, is. like, Especially, you know, when you when you mention like the Thai BL industry, because it is like that is literally why I resisted for so long. Like part of it, sure, was that I was afraid to be disappointed because a lot of live action BL before mm -hmm. had hurt me. And then I was afraid I would like it because what am I now? Look, I don't have a life anymore. But then it was. I don't like the idol industry and I really mm -hmm. didn't like the way because, you know, looking at it from the outside, looking in, it was really like, I don't like that they're selling them as couples. I don't like that they're selling, you know, the pairings and, and, you know, the fandoms are insane. And we are mm -hmm. seeing this a lot like right now. Like I'm not super into it. There's this one uh, BL actor who has recently been, uh, paired up with a new guy because his former partner isn't working right now like he has mm -hmm. said he needs some time off he's not working right now so mm -hmm. his former partner has a new partner who is now getting death threats by mm -hmm. the first guy and the currently like the guy who's on leave like their fans are threatening the new guy who's literally just doing a job like mm -hmm. please understand Fan service doesn't necessarily hurt anyone. If the if the actors want a fan service, if the actors want to play into the ship and like play with mm -hmm. the ship, that is perfectly fine. But threatening real life people or you know pushing head cannons onto like there's there's a line there, mm -hmm. and it's like, and I get that that becomes blurry when the actors themselves kind of become the commodity because Absolutely. this isn't even, this isn't even like you know like if you talk about 
you know, supernatural, like these are actors playing these characters, but literal actors who are also to some extent acting out the part of being a couple in real life. And maybe they right. are, but you still can't decide what they're like in their personal private lives. Right. And, you know, I think like that BuzzFeed Unsolved one was so interesting to me because again, it's like, I remember, and I had blocked this out of my memory for years, but like the rampant shipping that we had within like emo bands well, yeah, because those guys did flirt and were gender bendy and did all those things. So even though I can still think that that's a little bit sus, it wasn't without reason. But you can't headcanon a real person. You can't give them a gender identity they don't have. No. And especially, like, those are two men who have relationships. Shane got married not too long ago. Like, and they're not playing characters that is them they are the commodity so you've taken something that is literally just two friends and you've just twisted it into something that i don't understand yeah or like look at dan and phil oh my i was i was never Weird. into what, what what was their fandom even called i don't i don't remember because i don't no. want to go back there no but <laughs> never i was never you know i never watched any of their videos i barely knew who they were i you know obviously i saw them around the internet but i just they weren't in my sphere because i liked mm -hmm. demon so mm -hmm. <laughs> but but i have been listening to a lot of their newer videos after they both returned to youtube and have been talking more openly mm -hmm. about what that era was like for them and you know everybody speculating in their sexualities and trying to find out about them and you know shipping them and writing fan fiction and being all up in their personal life and it's like again you're not evil like it's not bad if you ship real people but you no. gotta remember that, that that is a person who might see that and who might be super uncomfortable with you know you assigning them a gender or a sexuality or a personality that they don't have and then in some cases getting upset when that person isn't fulfilling your fantasy right i mean like i mean we talked about supernatural a lot but like, i remember going through that like with watching people outwardly say that like jensen uncles is homophobic he's not homophobic he's weirded out by your weird porn yeah it has nothing to do with him being homophobic it's You've cornered him at an event, him as a real person, trying to make him do something that, like, he's not like Misha. He doesn't understand any of this. <laughs> like, this is very weird and intrusive to him. And, like, I don't know. I think that kind of stuff to me has always been a little bit. So, like, that's where Fujin brain rot to me is at its, like, most pervasive is when you can't turn it off. It's when everything is fair game and every little hand touch is gay. Every time two characters look at each other, it's gay. And, and there's fun in it because it's easy to joke and, like, to have fun with it. But then there's always those folks that take it too far. Yeah. And, and they and they dig their heels in and you can't change their minds. And it's like, these characters have literally never spoken to each other. Or there is a bit of almost like a double-edged sword to it. Where it's instances where 
the old rules of shipping would normally apply, where I can see how these conclusions are drawn, but it's the level of aggression with it, I think. Exactly. That comes to it. It's not being able to see any other way. And then it's, again, it's always in the reaction. It's yelling at actors, directors, movie studios. It's melting down on Tumblr. It's cussing people out that don't agree with you. Yeah. Because not everyone sees the world that you do. I remember that, you know, for a BL podcast, talking about everything but BL, but like the Fujin brain rot aspect of it so much is the BL it's the BLization of non-BL properties. Like I remember that a lot with Star Wars. Or like especially newer Star Wars, where it's like, oh, Poe and Finn should be endgame. I can see how you got there. Yeah. I'm not I'm not unaware. I see how you drew that conclusion. You aren't helping anyone by yelling at Oscar Isaac. No, and you know, it's just and it's the combination of the brain rot and you know the lack of media literacy and the entitlement that the internet spaces have brought with them, with especially a lot of younger fans that you think that just because everyone is just an at away, you can say whatever you want could express all of your thought like no filters because they're online right they got you know they they need to withstand this like if you're in this series if you wrote this you should be able to take any kind of critique yeah but it isn't critique if you are literally harassing someone mm-hmm. because they didn't you know play a character the way you wanted them to or you know they didn't write a ship the way you saw it you know like there are so many like it hurt when it starts to hurt people because you are harassing or invading or you know actively harming others that's when it becomes a problem because like i like i said i've been and to an extent i still am like i am a fujin to the point where i want everything to be gay like there mm-hmm. i said it like if one of my real life musicians or actors or or whatever turns out to be queer in some way Mm -hmm. i am going to be very happy because i want them to be right but i'm not gonna send hate to their spouse if they decide to marry someone of the opposite gender and like i had a moment when i was i was arguably a lot younger but like one of my favorite actors had been in a bl movie and i was Mm -hmm so excited because oh my god finally and then he he was asked about it after and he said very calmly that you know the movie was a great experience and he absolutely respected that kind of love but he was straight and I cried because I was immature and to me that felt like a personal loss because I wanted him to be gay but I wouldn't but that was something I kept very private you know what I'm saying? Like, you're allowed to have emotions. You're allowed to express those feelings. You're allowed to go through it. But don't harass the actor. That's what I'm saying. It's right. like, there I are think, levels. There are layers. Absolutely. And I think, like, that's the thing is that it's... And I, I can say this with any fandom. You know, I was watching um, some videos on the Rick and Morty fandom. A fandom that I love making fun of. <laughs> 
a fandom I will happily shit on all day and all night long. But, like, that's how any fandom gets toxic, is when you take that and you let it out. And it's frustrating because, again, we're I think it feels so much worse when it comes to being a Fujin is because we are dealing with something that is, I mean, I don't, like, niche isn't the right word anymore, but that is not necessarily mainstream in its appeal and especially the gay aspect of it. I've mentioned this before. There was one time I was talking about my two podcasts and I said, well, one's a literature show and one talks about queer media. I almost always thought about this being a queer media show. Mm. And one of my friends, close friends of mine was like, oh, I don't think I have too much interest in that. And I wanted to be angry. I wanted to be like, well, what do you mean? This is just as valid. This is not everyone's into gay stuff. Yeah. That's not an indictment. That's not a negative. He's not homophobic. He's your fucking friend. He's just (laughs) like, and that's okay. You can leave it at that. And I think sometimes we can't. And especially like with newer fandom, I've noticed that is that, you know, the the parasocial nature of it all. Yes. That actors and creators are closer to us than ever that anyone isn't at a way that anyone isn't mentioned away. I mean, I know back in the day, short of writing a letter, we're not talking to voice actors or you stalked outside of Funimation's office all day long and you were weird for doing that. Hmm. The most interaction you get with a voice actor or an actor was going to con and paying for that time. Unless that voice actor was a creeper and then sometimes they invited you back to the, your ho- to their hotel. Don't go with them. It's never okay. Um, you know, things things that make me glad that this is still a relatively new concept over here and that no one yeah. cares about the Norwegian voice actors. Like, thank I God. Care. I care about Norwegian voice actors. You do not. Name I, one. I can't. <laughs> I care about them in theory. I we have cannot. like five. There are like five yeah. of them. <laughs> Well, we should have one on the show. I don't know. Oh let's God. go find one. No, uh, let's go but find one. But, you know, it's taking that outside of the context. And I think that's when any fandom can become cringe. It's when you take it out and unleash it on on unsuspecting world. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, we paddle discourse. Yeah. Sort of breaking hips and injuring people and the rampant sexual misconduct that happened with those. That is something that only makes sense in group. Yeah. When you bring it out to group, that is a weapon and we're weird. Yeah. That is violent assault. Don't do it. Yeah. But that's something that in our context, in our shared language, in our shared world, makes sense again to analogize it to the queer experience there is a lot of like performative cruelty sometimes within the queer community where like we are very very mean to each other some of that is just untreated mental illness and internalized homophobia and misogyny some of that is many of us grew up having to mask and perform in a certain way to be perceived by mainstream society so we enact that criticalness on others some of it's just we're assholes. But that kind of performative cruelty you can't do with your straight friends. I cannot talk to my straight friends the same way that I talk to some of my gay friends. And the way that I can't talk to my drag queen friends. And the way that I talk to some of my cosplay friends. They are not the same. Hmm. 
I cannot be Fujin, Amanda, with my friends that aren't like that. I can be shipping Amanda, but I can't be gay ship Amanda. Mm. And that's fine. Those are all parts of me. I'm not unfulfilled when my friends don't want to read my DC Comics gay porn. They support me quietly and they're happy that I'm writing, but I don't need them to read my stuff if it means that it makes them unhappy. Mm. It's when you're overly projecting that on people that aren't interested feels like the right term, but it also feels like the wrong term. Who aren't into it or aren't at your level. That's the other big thing is level matching. Mm. Is sometimes we are like a tsunami. <laughs> And yeah. just crest over, and it is everything that we talk about. And while, again, neurodivergent to neurodivergent communication, you get better at figuring that out and finding ways to cope with it. But I have days where I'm exhausted and I can't. Where if my friend wants to rant about baseball, I like baseball, but there are some days that I don't care. And I have to advocate for myself. Or <laughs> shut up. I can either say, listen, I'm very burned out. Can we talk about this later? Or I will sit here physically, but please know emotionally I am not here. And it's just like yeah, yeah. the Kirby soundtrack in the background is like <laughs> idle music. <laughs> yeah, same. I do that. So, this is me, that is me talking to normal people and trying yeah. to participate in a non- like, I'm, I'm non physically here, but in my brain, it's like a shimeji. It's like those little like character avatars that you can have on your desktop and they're just like carrying windows away. <laughs> That's what's going on. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. And like, none of that is said to harsh anyone's yums. I get that we have listeners that do ship real people and that don't think that that's a problem. And I think, but I also will say, I do know most of our listeners have the common sense not to be creeps. Yeah. Don't make actors sign your porn. Most like, of them aren't interested. I mean, I do this all the time. Like one of the phrases I keep throwing at my friends is like, you know, because I'll see something on Twitter and it can be, you know, it can be Thai BL actors. It can be visual K artists. It can be fucking figure skaters. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I am trying so hard to be a good person, but they're making it so difficult for me when they're clinging all over the, each other the way they're doing right now, you know, because I'm only human. I'm just right. a Fujin. Like, I do ship real people sometimes. Like, yeah, I'd love it if they would, you know, kiss, whether that was for fan service or maybe as a real couple, but I'm not going to bother yeah. them directly. I'm not going to show up at their house. You know, I'm not going to threaten their potential spouses like it's just it's about boundaries you know for yourself yeah for the target of your affection and for your friends and family percent. No, and i think again like that's hard to do sometimes when you don't pick up social cues as easy as others the internet makes it really really hard sometimes to filter that communication because you can't read tone or inflection yeah. or in the case of my friends physically see me disassociating <laughs> Because sometimes I will sit there and you can tell that the light is gone. The light is out. It's fucking yeah. out. I'm like physically there. Here. There's <laughs> yeah. I'm physically here, 
but all the doors are closed. <laughs> kind of like when you were doing the 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 live reading. Yeah. When you were yeah, that and was it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. I've gotten very good at hiding when I'm just flat disassociating. Uh, but yeah, like that, you can't read that over the internet. I'd have no. to physically tell you I'm disassociating. And it's, you know, and again, like coming back to what you said about, you know, how I sometimes it's extra bad because we are Fujin, because it's such a, you know, especially now with, you know, puritines and all of the misinformation going around about, you know, what BL is and, you know, the fetishizing of gay men, you know, all of that, which we talk to talk about ad nauseum on this podcast. But then, you know, because we have such a bad name because people focus so much on this specific group of fandom as, you know, being particularly gross and toxic and fetishizing. But like, just look at, you know, like the normal world when you were talking, I don't, there was something you mentioned earlier that made me think of, you know, the complete bizarre view that all of the like normal world has on Jennifer Aniston, you know, because it's like this, this complete hang up on Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, which for yep. some reason is so socially acceptable that we, you know, that that media has accepted this idea that, oh, poor Jennifer, here she is at 50 and he left her and she doesn't have any children. And she's like screaming at the top of her lungs that she's doing great. And everyone's like, no, you're not. Because we've decided that you're not. And for some reason that is okay. But if, you know, Fujin are somehow invested in someone's relationship status then it is creepy right and i think like what's amazing to me also is like and i know we're going to talk about this eventually sometime next year but like western versus eastern shipping practice yeah i'm always shocked at the things that have fan fiction like (laughs) i didn't know there was fanfic about pro wrestlers in hindsight it makes sense there is nothing gayer true so in hindsight, seen- that makes total sense. The sheer amount of fanfic involving Roman Reigns, I could never have planned or assumed or calculated for that. I mean, you know, having just come back into fanfiction and, you know, starting to use a great site called AO3, because, you know, that felt relatively new to me. I had to learn how to use it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I found that, because they have the little tag, you know, like, because you have the RPF tag. Mm-hmm. So the real person fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And now one of my greatest gripes as I read through the entire archive of Kid Porsche fanfic, why people keep putting the real person tag in the main tag. Because I don't want to read about the actors. Mm. but it is in the ship tag for the fictional ship for the series but there's a separate tag for the actors but people use both of them interchangeably and like, that's interesting to me because yeah like again like i have that with um supernatural i had that there was this there's this one writer that was doing nothing but like um kingsman shipping which is not something that i ever thought i needed in my life but i love colin firth and i love taryn edgerton so like apparently i ship kingsman now (laughs) but like again those are depictions even though kingsman was a graphic novel that are inextricably linked to those two actors when you say that eggsy kissed harry 
I'm imagining Taryn and Colin. I am not imagining their fictional counterparts. And I have this a little bit with comics as well. Because DC, it's a little bit easier for me because I have strong animated versions in my head. Yeah, and the movies are... uh... And the movies are kind of, you know, a crapshoot. But even like Red Hood, Jason Todd, when I imagine his voice, it is Jensen Ackles. Because of the Under the Red Hood animated movie. So am I imagining Jensen Ackles' physical person in Jason Todd's clothes? No. But that voice is Jensen Ackles. Yeah. Um, But then when you get to Marvel, I'd be lying if I said when I'm thinking of Captain America and Winter Soldier that I am not thinking of Chris Evans, the best Chris, and (laughs) Sebastian Stan. Even though those also do have strong graphic novel and comics related characterizations. Yeah. No, but, you know, but I do the same, you know. It's like, you know, obviously, Kim Porsche, based on novels, there are illustrations to the novels. But Mm -hmm. I, obviously, reading fic, I imagine them in the shape of Myla Nepal, who play the characters. But Mm -hmm. I'm not, and and while I think Myla Nepal are absolutely beautiful, I don't want to read fic about them as them. Like I, like I said in live, I separate kind of their, like I separate them as real people from their bodies being lent to these characters. I am yes. somehow capable of doing that. But then, you know, I'll do things like, because, you know, it's just that these images, like these faces, these bodies, these voices become so attached to the mm-hmm. characters for us. So it's kind of like, you know, Kieta Hatsukoi, My Love Mix-Up, which is an adorable manga. Like, I love the manga yes. so much. But even though I am actively reading and loving the manga, I am still mm-hmm. thinking of the live-action actors when I think of the characters because I saw the mm-hmm. drama first before right. they licensed the manga and in English. So it's... I guess it, what it, we're it, saying it, is that, like, obviously no one's trying to harsh yums. And no. this ends up being a much bigger segment, but like we have a lot to, th- we, we've been thinking of, we've been ruminating on this a lot. Um, but it's one of those places where brain rot isn't great. It's like when you, so like for me, I see it a lot with like actors doing like interviews and it's like, oh my God, that's so like, so like Chris Evans will get that a lot where like they will ascribe Captain America stuff to him, even when like he's not being Captain America, mm-hmm. he's just Chris Evans. That's a little interesting to me. I don't know where that slots in perfectly. But then I'm also one of those people that will watch fan cams of Matthew Lillard dancing because I think he's hot. (laughs) So, like, is passive consumption the answer? What draws the line? Do I cross that line if I go up to Matthew Lillard and say, shake ass, daddy? (laughs) Please, please. Please do not. I mean, it's Matthew Lillard. Maybe he'd be fine with it. But 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 again, it's the actors that you do it to. Matthew Lillard, pretty sure if someone said that to him, he'd be down. Yeah, because like my immediate thought is if if I could talk to Matthew Lillard, I feel like the most pressing question would be, but you thought Billy and Stu were a little yeah, gay, right? Gay, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> he, so it, I think the question is, it's always like, would this person be okay with what you're doing? And sometimes that's hard to figure out, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes they're very, very vocal. Like we've been vocal and saying, don't ship us. Oh. Please don't. Please don't. I, I like, have a wife. and You do. And 
but yeah, but it's like what I said, you know, again, I get so confuzzled by this because, mm-hmm. you know, because I am in the Fujin brain rot and I don't yeah, know okay. how I feel about it a lot. <laughs> On yeah. my own, as, like this, this is, is why we're talking. Ta- yeah, because we talk about this at length because it is hard sometimes to kind of like know. Because I, I feel like instinctively I know where I draw the line. Like I am now a, a mature adult. I'm a grown up. Like I know mm-hmm. how, like kind of how to act. I would never act the way I did, like you know, as a brain rotted sixteen year old. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I kind of project that 16 year old onto me now and I feel bad right normally I'm pretty unapologetic about you know my fandom escapades because I'm not hurting anyone Mm -hmm. at least I'm trying really hard not to hurt anyone and if Mm -hmm. I do I want to know about it so I can rectify that somehow but like Mm -hmm. it's just because we are I and I think it's a good thing that we're so self-aware that we're trying to be the best we can be Right. Because it isn't inherently morally wrong to no. be in the brain rot space. You just have to be a little bit aware of what you're doing. And so again, yeah. like, which I was trying to get at somehow, like, when I was told by a friend of mine that people in this town knew of me and my girlfriend mm-hmm. and were shipping us, mm-hmm. that made me incredibly uncomfortable because like, yeah i mean we're a couple like sure you ship us but it's like you don't even know us like i don't know who you are like you are this random friend of my friend's classmate who has seen us at an event and is now telling my friend how cute we are like you don't know if we're having like a horrible crisis in our relationship behind closed doors like it was really really weird and I don't like it. I don't like the thought of people like projecting onto me something I'm not because I know what I'm like. Right. A hundred percent. I think a lot of it's that it's the lack of agency. It, yeah. You know, and it's when something is being pushed onto you that it feels like reflexively different. Uh, the only, the other thing that I want to talk about, because we did talk about being too much sometimes crossing boundaries is one of our least favorite but most pervasive sins, which is hyperbolic fandom. Explain. Explain. (laughs) Well, hyperbolic in either direction, because I know I tend to fall into the category of hyperbolic in the other direction, where I can be exceedingly negative. Mm. And I'm aware of that. It is something that I am working on. It is a defense mechanism because I got pushed by hyperbolic fandom in the other direction a lot, Mm -hmm. where something is the best, the greatest, the first. This is the best series to depict this. It's the only series to depict this. This is the best example I've ever seen. This is the first example I've ever seen. If it is a manga that came out after 2016, it's not the first to do jack or shit. If this series came out in 2020, it is not the first to do jack or shit. So hyperbolic fandom in either direction or, again, that sometimes lack of social cue. It's continuing to make someone believe what you believe. We are very, very open about having an opinion and hoping that you disagree with us and being able to have that communication with us and dialogue with us respectfully. We're not, I'm not a minister anymore. <laughs> I'm not trying to convert anyone. God damn it, you lost your license? I, I never had one. 
Do I you? Was, I mean, I can still marry people, but. Oh, okay. Well, that's the important bit. That's the important bit. Like, clearly. <laughs> I, I can still marry people. I have all the best parts of still being a minister. But, like, I'm not trying to convert anyone. I'm just trying to show you what I'm excited about. And if you agree with me, awesome. If you don't, awesome. It doesn't detract from how I feel. I, I'm not a vampire. I don't need other people <laughs> to agree with me to feel secure in something. And a lot of it is, I hate saying it, it's neurodivergency, being younger and fandom. And when you stop having to rationalize how you feel, you can make something your entire personality and never have to defend it. And I saw that a lot. And that's one of the reasons why Tumblr got so toxic is that you can prop up a fictional series as your entire personality. And then anything that relates to that becomes a personal attack. And I, because I had that example where I mentioned my two podcasts to a friend and he said, I'm not that interested in your Yowie one. And I wanted to be angry because I had built myself this ship that I've been on for 20 <laughs> years defending the validity of this as an art form yeah that i couldn't accept hey maybe your friend isn't into gay porn and that's totally fine and i mean there because there's and there's a difference there right because mm. i've had someone say to me at one point like i have had i have people who have read my books even mm -hmm. though they're not into bl because they wanted to support me. And then I've had friends who have bought the books and not read them, but they wanted to support me financially. So they bought them. But I have also had people that I know personally tell me that sure, I can buy it, but I'm not going to read it for and then homophobic reason. And that is like, that is very different from saying I'm not interested in this because I don't blame you if you don't want to read about my sad boys who have sex all the time. Like, get it. Mm -hmm. But if you, don't want to read it because you just cannot expose yourself to queerness why are we different. friends like that is the difference and i think that you know you have to know how to separate those two because as right. creators and you know like you know be it our writings or like the projects that we do mm -hmm. like you know podcasts it becomes such an integral part of who you are and like absolutely you know it is something that is so important to you so if someone doesn't want to interact with that you can momentarily feel like it is a personal attack like oh mm -hmm. you like you don't support me but that's not necessarily what they mean absolutely and you know again like, i i slip up with that where it's like what do you mean you don't want to listen to my intricate podcast about fictional boys kissing <laughs> yeah that's objectively a niche thing amanda not everyone's gonna want to hear that and that's okay yeah. like it doesn't make that friend less valid yeah like you know? i might I might not understand why someone don't think that this is interesting because I think it's great. So many positives. Yeah, but <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, it's sometimes we just get prideful and then you get we a do. little hurt. We do, we do, and you know, again, I think a lot of that is it's maturity. It's you know, especially for those of us that are older, we've spent so much time rationalizing why we like this thing. We have spent so many years rationalizing its legitimacy, its value, its importance. And many of us for multiple things. So like one thing I'm always fascinated about with fans is how most fans like to pretend that they aren't polyglots. Like you're only a fan of anime. No, 
you're probably a fan of other things as well. I'm a fan of a lot of things. So I have been on this journey for decades of having to legitimize that I'm a fan, why I'm a fan, that I know what I know is what I know. Because, of course, I'm black and biologically female, which means I'm a part of the giant long con. Still going strong. Still going strong. Selling it. And that defensiveness is very reflexive. Yeah. And it's, and sometimes that just, and and sometimes it just goes too far. Sometimes it goes too far. And especially, like, I get almost like the imposter syndrome that newer series have. They have to rationalize their existence. Um, a lot of newer movies will do that as well, where they have to, like, lampshade something dumb that they did to rationalize why it exists. But I see that a lot with newer fandom of having to, like, be hyper defensive to something that is newer, but you're doing that by tearing down everything else. Mm-hmm. And much like petty infighting, that's not how you get anything done. Um, a lot of things that involve animation or comics have been doing that recently. Realistically, you can say it started with a little thing called Voltron. Uh, or even something like Steven Universe, where people who were in their teens to adults had to rationalize, I'm using air quotes, why they were into this animated thing for children versus just accepting that the show was good and it's okay. So in over-rationalizing, you end up sucking the joy out of it because you're defending it like it's the fucking Mona Lisa. And it's not. That doesn't devalue it. But it isn't high art. Or if it is high art, then you definitely don't need to de- need to defend it in the way that you do. Sometimes you don't need to rationalize why you like a thing. That's the best part about modern fandom. Is I can just say I like it and no one fucking cares. Yeah. And, and I think that is also, again, one of those things that is going back to what we talked about about you know wanting to fit in and you know insecurities Mm -hmm. and you know teenagers like as an adult fan in particular like fuck your opinion i'm gonna like what i like like unapologetically maybe i'll have a guilty pleasure but like i am confident in in my like i don't have to rationalize i'm not this i'm not this ostracized teenager anymore who has to defend to this dude who used to be my friend who suddenly got all high and mighty and he was like Cause you know, you know, you know the type, like super yeah. serious dude. And he had the only kind of like the only relationship he had with Anima was like Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he would corner me to tell me that it wasn't all that great because it was all the same faces and they all had same face syndrome. And I was like, You've literally only seen these this handful of movies. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. You just want right. to step on me. Because I'm different. And when you come from that background, and especially, you know, being a minority, you know, especially Mm -hmm. being people of color, especially Mm -hmm. being, you know, uh, you know, women or assigned female at birth or queer, Mm -hmm. like you always have to rationalize everything you like. You learn to be defensive because Mm -hmm. everyone is always trying to step on you and your interests. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, as much as I hate how old gatekeeping was, I always give it credit for the fact that now I'm pretty unflappable. You aren't going to shake me. I have spent 20 years defending why I like this thing. You cannot tear me down. I don't care how right you are. 
I hear your argument, and you are incorrect. I have spent 20 years building up this shit brick house. <laughs> you will not tear it down. And sometimes it feels like there's almost this fragility to modern fandom that because they aren't used to having to weather against constant attacks, that anything that is a question they're so concerned about that blow. You know, it's like the three pigs. They're so concerned about that blowing down the house that then they take it out on the person who usually is asking a valid question. Like sometimes it is a bad faith question and you don't have to be kind to that person. There are people that to this day ask me bad faith questions about anime and manga uh, and why I'm still a fan. I don't have to be nice to those people. No. I don't have to, you know, I think also a lot of it is sometimes it's, you know, what got my aunts to leave me alone about Yaoi when I was an adult? What? Was calling them out on Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is, and I said it, like, this is my Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, you have your porn novel that makes you feel empowered, turned on, whatever, this is mine. Yeah. Or I made an analogy when I was, because I, I work in ad agencies. One of the early analogies I made was, this is my golf. Mm. This is my thing that I'm obsessive about, that I take vacation days for. Because it was when I was really, really big in paneling, and I was, like, gone a decent amount of time. And whenever I had to, like, fill out a paid time off form, I had to list where I was going. And, like, I would usually just say, I'm going to convention. Yeah. So people would ask me, what was convention like? Why are you doing this? You are an adult. Why are you still into this? And I just remember saying, like, this is golf. This is my golf. Yep. You have your thing. It's fishing. It's golf. It's football. It's baseball. You have your thing that you're fanatical about. This is mine. And when people started to understand it that way, I stopped getting those bad faith questions. Yeah. So hyperbolic fandom i think is one of the other big aspects of it is when you know you can't have these conversations anymore that anytime you do ask a question you're homophobic you're misogynistic you're you know a pro shipper and you're a literal pedophile and blah 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 and one that's not a great way to have a conversation with anyone um willful ignorance is not a great way to accomplish anything either no. And we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. So please refer to other episodes for to hear yeah. us talk more about that discourse. So what is the root of most Fujin hate? We did list some of the ways that Fujin do reveal our soft underbelly that leads us prone to attack. But what is the root of a lot of Fujin hate? And God damn it, if it is an internalized homophobia and misogyny. Who would have thought? Um, and then for a lot of the petty N-word attacks, it's a lot of anti-Asian racism. I mean, it's a, yeah. lot of racism, it's a lot of racism, capital R racism, but a lot of it is very like anti-Asian racism. And you'll see that where I've noticed it a lot is it's not just Western queer romance readers, but it's also like Japanese fans that will hate on like Thai and Korean and Filipino stuff. 
Really? I haven't seen. I've seen a little bit of that, which is exactly what Japan has always wanted, is for us to hate other parts of Asia. But I mean, that makes sense. But it in, 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 in the spaces that I, you know, exist within, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in the fan spaces, as well as, you know, articles I read and also seeing, especially now, you know, seeing the adaptations, how, you know, Kieta Hatsuko is getting a, a, an adaptation in Thailand and the Thai mm-hmm. actors are going to Japan and having fan meets mm-hmm. and there's like a whole, and, you know, Japan having a whole, like, agreement with Thailand, like, tourist yeah. thing just for the BL exchange. So, like, I think from what I've seen, it's 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 largely positive, but, I mean, it would make sense because because fans are gatekeepy and again i was i was like that as well where i was like when i was young and stupid instead of seeing that expansion of bl as a great Mm -hmm. thing i would be very oh but why isn't it japanese like despite the fact that i am over here this white you know norwegian also writing bl Mm -hmm. and then for some reason wanting to gatekeep it to japan like very strange Mm -hmm. i stopped doing that because it's stupid I mean, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's, and I'm only speaking to things that I have seen in past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm saying, I'm, I'm surprised because I haven't seen it, but I'm sure wow. it exists. Right. But like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of internalized homophobia and misogyny in a lot of this. There's a lot of, I think a lot of it is, it's projecting. It's stuff that we see in ourselves that we sort of project onto others. So like, my, the the intense almost like anger that I get sometimes when I do have to overly defend myself that's an anger in me that's me feeling I still have to rationalize this even though I'm an adult who pays taxes mm-hmm. like I shouldn't have to keep rationalizing this and when I do act out of anger in that that anger is not necessarily always outward it's usually really inward or when I look at other fans uh, there's a great contrapoints video on cringe and yeah. talks about so much cringe is usually in group to in group looking at fans and being like one you're making us look bad and two have I done that mm. is that how I look to others <laughs> oh god <laughs> I mean I say this all the time. I work with youngsters, you know. Um, No better way to make yourself sound like an old fucking boomer than to refer to them as youngsters. No, but seriously, I have a colleague in this event group I work with. She's 15. Oh, my God. She is adorable. Mm -hmm. But I am so, like, she is, like, she is adorable. I, I truly yeah. enjoy working with her. Like she's a super, she is a super bright kid. But but also, you know, she's so caught up with this. Like, oh, that is cringe, and this is cringe, and we can't do that because. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I am not 15 years old right now. And I tell her, and I tell you know, like my younger cousins, I am beyond cringe. Like yeah. nothing faces me anymore, and I'm be- better off for it. You know, absolutely. Like yeah, I. I think I still have those moments of like where I look at modern fans and I like my gut is like, oh, I can't believe it. You guys are terrible. And then like a small like Legend of Zelda little like fairy <laughs> appears and is like, hey, listen, you Naruto ran in the mall. 
You I wore so crash. I wore my Naruto headband to school and and I had uh Sasuke and Gara keychains dangling yeah, from the loops of my pants. Yeah, like I was also trash. I don't have the moral high ground here, but that reflexiveness is being in my 30s now and having tried to repress that part of me because mm. I am public facing because I do work in offices because I can't always be that person or I've been told that I can't because realistically now no one fucking cares this stuff is so me I never thought that something like Game of Thrones could make being a fantasy fan mainstream I hate that it's Game of Thrones because there's better <laughs> works everyone should be reading Ursula K. again. But, you know, that's a different podcast. You can't win them all. Uh, yeah, you can't <laughs> win them all. Sometimes people have bad taste. Oh. <laughs> Harry, oh, Harry again is Amanda, who is not better than anyone, by the way. Shut up. Absolutely. <laughs> shut up. Not putting yourself on a pedestal above everyone else. Some people have bad taste and they can't help it. <laughs> Some people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But a lot of it is that media aimed at women is still deemed to be less high art than media aimed at men. Oh, yeah. We see that with the you know current somewhat death of Soja, where everything is just a dumb slice of life for Isekai now. Yeah. Because well, when a man does Isekai, it's high art. When a girl does Isekai, it's bad and stupid and bad. I I just generally don't like Isekai that much, and I want my regular programming back. Uh, that's just yeah, me. That's that is my personal taste. I just can't really get into it. I but think, again, the fantasy aspect of it. I'm just you say that, and I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. But a lot of it is just, it's, it's all internalized misogyny and homophobia. And I think that's one of the places where I see it most when we fight with each other. That is that internalized stuff that we don't know what to do with. That, like, when I look at younger fans and I look at them, you know, really, some of them just showing their whole ass, just acting a fool. <laughs> and I just want to scream because it makes me remember when I was that fan. And that's that that that's physically, yeah, yeah, yeah. psychically hurtful. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely get it. You yeah. know. But I've gotten better at not saying anything or being judgmental somewhere else quietly because that's not <laughs> my place. I'm not their parent. That's not my job. No. It is not my job. I am not fandom dad. It is like, not my job. If you are being disruptive in a convention that I then, am yes. staffing, yes. then yes, it is my problem. But and I do think otherwise, I mean, no, I'm not going to police anyone for shipping. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But like, if you are harassing someone at my con, right? And I'm going to tell security. This when we talked about pro ship versus anti ship with Ari, that I do think one place that we can get better about this is if older fans, in a constructive manner, do get better about having these conversations with people. Again, not trying to win over converts, but when you see instances of like willful ignorance, when it is appropriate, challenging it. Sometimes you're aware that you are not going to win and you just let that person be that person. 
but I've gotten a little bit better that in places where I see it in private asking, well, why? Why is it that you feel that way? What is going on? And while my goal isn't to change hearts and minds, it's to start setting up that spark of conversation again. Because I think for as much of the social internet has made us social, it's also made it very, very easy to go into echo chambers. For so much of the early internet days, we were all on one vast ocean, which is why we separated off into individual little boats and islands, because yeah. there was no differentiation. We were all thrown into this great sea called anime, and that <laughs> led us to too many things. Yeah. There were too many open pathways. So we were quick to build ourselves these little boats and canals and archipelagos to stay in waters that we liked more than others. Well, now we've made whole communities there and we don't leave. Yeah. So starting those little moments of, okay, you say you're pro-ship. Please explain to me how you've reached this conclusion. Oh, you can't? Maybe that's a problem. Who knows? But yeah, it's, it's finding a better use for those internal conversations that can be really, really negative. Cause yeah, like I'm definitely, you know, those memes that are like, you know, you trying to sleep and like three o'clock in the morning, hey, remember that horrible, embarrassing thing you did when you were a teenager? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Like I, I've never forgotten any of the embarrassing things I've ever done in my life. Um, and that goes back to a lot of that like early like cringe fujo behavior with like oh, yeah. yaoi paddles and asking your guy friends to kiss and like there's a there's a really really old meme that i remember having and it was um it was a goldfish laying on top of like a naked guy and the it's like a text thread and it's like oh my god i sent this to the wrong person you are never meant to see this side of me <laughs> like, i feel like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes that happens. You're like, you know, you share. And it's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see this side of me. You weren't supposed to see the part of me that does to their grave think that Tony Stark absolutely should marry Dr. Bruce Banner. <laughs> and is not married to Pepper Potts. And that does invalidate all of Endgame. And I don't care. I feel like Pepper Pot's name in itself invalidates that whole thing. I mean, also that. <laughs> Although it's Gwyneth Paltrow. That too. Yeah. 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 I keep forgetting that she's that actually still in movies. Yeah. Also, that is Gwyneth Paltrow. She should be invalidated for everything. I almost said Gwendolyn Christie, who is the opposite. <laughs> she should be in more things. <laughs> she should be. And more things. Uh, wow. That was wow. a lovely time talking about a very serious topic. Probably too serious. I can't believe it's been two hours. I can. I feel like my brain is fried a little bit. I mean, so now it's rotten and fried. Correct. Absolutely correct. Uh, this is the part of the show where we discuss and we thank our wonderful patrons, uh, including Sarah Abu, Stephen, Rachel, 
Sue, Lucy H, Amora Blue, Persona Nom Groton. I physically cannot pronounce this name. Nabila, that is it. Ren, Wesley, Jamie, Lauren, Jay. Thank you all so much Thank for supporting so much. the show. We are so grateful to you. It is because of your uh, support that we are able to do some of the things that we do. And next year, when I say we have big plans, we have big plans, or I have big plans, and Corolla isn't around enough to stop me. This is actually true. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I finally check my messages, and Amanda's like gone completely wild, and there's, and our ca calendar is full, and I'm just, I mean, we did have a meeting. I was not a whole this. fucking meeting. Don't you dare. We had a whole <laughs> goddamn meeting. Uh, I did on some of it. Yeah. So if you would like to join them, you may do so at patreon.com slash the Yowie Shelf. Uh, we are active all over the social internet, including that hellscape Twitter. We do have a blue sky that we're working on being more active on. We have a Tumblr and Instagram where Corolla does a great job. I feel like you're being sarcastic. I try. I I would just tell you I think you're doing a terrible why would I be talking about that no uh, your engagement helps us out a lot so feel free to leave us a comment uh, like and subscribe we're listening to you uh, Corolla would you like to tell the audience at home what we are doing for the final month of the year I don't want to talk about it being the final month of the year I'm not ready I love Christmas but Jesus Christ Hey. Hey. <laughs> no. And because it is the holiday season is coming up, uh, yep. we are going to be revisiting an older topic and we're going to we be are. talking about halls and hall culture. We are. We're going to be doing some de influencing right around Christmas Ooh. where uh, we talk about halls and hall culture and really dispelling the myth that. If you own the most volumes, you're the biggest fan. You know, I think we're gonna have to work on 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 the influencing me a little bit because I think I am absolutely not, in not that mindset. Islander, the more volumes you own does not make you the best fan. You're not my father. You can't tell me that. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I don't want to hear this. So we're going to have a fun conversation yeah. about Hall's Hall culture and a better response to all of the rampant monopolies, which is going to be to shop small. Yes. Things that we care about a lot. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. We appreciate you and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.